Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Coffee aficionado. Nice. All right. We're up. Uh, all right. Special edition of Bleacher Blondes. It is early on a Sunday morning because we are getting ready to give you an ALCS preview between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros. And we actually got uh, some requests to do this. So I figured that Tuttle and I, as well as we do, we need a little bit of a reinforcement. <laughs> and of course, with the rematch of last year's 2019 ALDS between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros, who better than to bring on than anybody who knows the Tampa Bay Rays as well as uh, anybody across the league? It's it's Todd Callis, and of course he's my counterpart. I love him to death, and he agreed to do this even though he's got an incredibly busy schedule. So TK, <laughs> welcome to the Bleachers, and how are you doing, man? Hey guys, great to be on with you. I'm doing fine. I cannot believe this is the ALCS matchup. This is as good as it gets for me. Yeah, this is pretty impressive. Best of both worlds for TK, because no matter what, whoever wins this series, he's going to be happy with whoever goes to the World Series. And that actually begs the question, with it being in Arlington and the possibility of having fans, are you even thinking about going up there? I think so. I mean, if we're allowed to go, I I don't know what the rules are. Um, If we're allowed to go and the Astros get there, I will definitely be there. But yeah, it's one of those scenarios. I'm definitely Astros first. But if the Astros don't come through and win the ALCS, I've got a lot of good friends that are still in that Tampa Bay organization. So I won't feel as upset as if they had lost to Minnesota or if they lost to Oakland or certainly if they lost to the Yankees. I was so happy when Tampa Bay beat the Yankees. I think a lot of us were very happy that the Yankees uh, lost that series for various different reasons. Tuttle, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I, I, I'm, I'm also excited because you just used the word impressive. I thought you were going to tell TK that that's impressed that they won, but you, you actually finished the word. He's a little out. more proper great. than I am. Yeah. What can you can you explain? Not just you, TK, but what is it about the Yankees? I mean, we both have people that work for the Yankees that we know really well. But what is it? Why is it that the Yankees are the vaunted, hated folks? And not just because you worked at Tampa Bay and worked at Houston, but. Um, I don't know. We tend to stay away from the media train, so it's not that. But is it because they just live on the, hey, they have 21 championships, even though they haven't won one in a long time? Like, I felt the exact same way, and I don't really have the same affinity for for the Rays or the Astros that you guys do. It's just a weird thing, but it was like, yes, that ball got out. Like, I don't, what is it? Well, they, you know, they have individual guys that I love, the Aaron Boone. Is an awesome guy, Booney. Booney and Blummer go way back. Uh, yeah. Garrett Cole is one of Blummer and I's favorite pitchers and players in the current uh, Major League Baseball group. So there's individuals who you really cheer for. Uh, so it's not that. It's just the Yankee mystique. It is, like you said, the 27 championships. They always remind you how many championships they've won. There's an arrogance about the group in general. And I think uh, the fact that they spend more money than anybody kind of, you know, as a Tampa Bay person for 19 years, it's, it was an unfair playing level. Uh, with the Yankees spending up here and the, and the Rays down here. So uh, it was good, especially, you know, Chapman throwing one 101.2 over Brosso's head and then hitting a home run. All those reasons. I mean, they're just kind of the team you like to hate. I, I think they don't mind that role. They, they've grown to grown to love that role. And unfortunately, the Astros have taken a little bit of that title <laughs> from them here more recently. 
Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because I think that's exactly right. So Aaron Boone was my roommate in A-ball and Phil Nevin and I go way back. And I look at those guys the same way as you said, like, hey, we know these people in there, but it's unusual that it's this organization. It's like this mon monster. And that actually was going to kind of lead to my first question about Tampa Bay. We talk about the Yankees and I always felt like the Red Sox, when they won the championship, they actually took uh, Moneyball. You know, they took the, that kind of theory of Moneyball, but they actually had the uh, some money behind it. So they still were able to pay those guys that they felt were statistically better. So although, you know, Moneyball couldn't, you know, Moneyball would lose out every time they had to get a free agent or anything like that, the, the Red Sox were able to kind of, um, I don't know, to solidify their team using that theory, but also backing it up with a payroll. And I feel like watching the Rays, and you guys know James Quick really well, um, that it seems like they've kind of taken a money ball approach to this, like these pitching guys. I don't know if it's a scrap heap thing or it's a statistical thing, but I, I texted Blummer during the game. Every single guy was throwing a hundred. There was an article yesterday saying that the average pitch was like 97.2 average oh fastball, 97.2 miles an hour. I mean, this is, again, we're taking this level, this game to a level that we haven't seen before. And maybe it's the raised pitching staff that was just on display the other night. And it's all across baseball, but um, can you speak to that a little bit in terms of their philosophy and, and you know, what they're what they bring to the table and what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, that stat by itself is unbelievable. That if you have just one guy throw an inning or two at 95, that that brings that average way down. So 97-2 for an average pitch on both sides is just it, like you said, it's what the game has become. But the Rays are they've they've always been the little engine that could they've always had to look at doing things differently. They've had to get ahead of the curve of, of teams and find what niche is, is the most cost efficient that they can exploit. Um, and so they have, they've done a remarkable job. I felt like even before the season started, the way they were approaching the COVID workouts, they were ahead of the field in terms of what they were doing there. Um, it's just a team that always looks to uncover whatever they can to be the best. And, and they make some trades. They, they'll trade a Tommy Pham and everyone's like, what are you doing? Tommy Pham was a great clubhouse guy last year. One of your leaders, but they find guys like a Randy or Rosarena. Uh, they find guys like Manuel Margot, they Mike Rousseau, who was not even drafted. Um, you know, these are just guys that what you look at for uh, high pedigree guys, high profile guys, it's not probably going to end up uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays, except for the years when they were bad and got those high draft picks like Longoria, like David Price, uh, like BJ Upton. But now, uh, they just do it by finding the, the guys in the margins. And, and it's an incredible uh, uh, proof that you don't have to be a, a Yankees payroll or a Dodgers payroll, or even Astros payroll uh, to get to the final four, or even take it uh, further than that if the Rays win this series. Yeah, it is remarkable what they've been able to do. do. And that actually brings up uh, the starting rotations for both teams, because I think the Astros have been a surprise, but I don't think there's any surprise on the Tampa Bay Rays side. And I would actually give them the edge in this series. And you talked about how the Rays have been able to, to develop. You know, Blake Snell is a guy they developed into uh, Snellzilla, doing a great job at the top end of that rotation. He's going to start game one against Framber Valdez. And then behind him, you've got Tyler Glass now, a guy they picked up in a trade. And then you've got the free agent in CFM, who we all dread seeing in another, in another uniform other than the Astros. But the top three have been very good. But tell me a little bit about their rotation once you get past one, two, three, because I think that's where in this unique seven-game stretch that we're going to see where they play seven days in a row. I think that's where Kevin Cash comes into play. But I also think it's where that bullpen comes into play. Uh, tell me a little bit about how do you think that starting rotation is going to be manipulated at, if they get past game four? That's a really good 
question because I, I think they might manipulate it with like like they did in the last series and opener possibly and then Ryan Yarbrough coming in as the bulk guy behind yeah. that, especially with the Astros having uh, three out of four at the top of their lineup right-handed hitters. You might see something where they bring in a, uh, an opener or right-handed specialist against those righties. Uh, they're going to mix and match it. But the difference to me, Blummer, uh, the, the big difference between I thought the A's bullpen and the Astros bullpen was the big uh, difference between oh, yeah. those two teams. The problem was the A's starters couldn't get deep enough to make that that bullpen as effective. I think the three guys you mentioned, Snell and Morton and Glass now, they are effective enough to get to that bullpen the way Cash wants to. So it's going to be a little different animal than it was. As good as the A's bullpen was, they didn't fare well in that series. A lot of the issue was, you know, Motas was going out in the fourth inning. Other guys weren't carrying the, uh, that mm-hmm. ball deep into the games, and that really impacted them. Yeah, let me give you guys a little bit of numbers to go behind this. So the starter ERA in uh, the postseason for the Tampa Bay Rays, 3.82, and they had 42 strikeouts. For the Houston Astros, a 5.08 ERA and only 20 strikeouts. And then on the relieving side, I think it's really interesting, and I think that this may actually favor the uh, Tampa Bay Rays because Dusty did a great job of of getting guys in position to succeed. But 53% of the innings pitched in the postseason overall for all postseason games have been thrown by relievers. And that's where I think the bullpen might have to step up for the Astros. And the deeper you get into that bullpen, we saw it in that uh, ALDS where we saw game three get away from the Houston Astros is where they don't have that that depth that maybe the Tampa Bay Rays have. I don't know how you feel about it, Teller, what you've seen, but I think that bullpen is going to be a big play for the uh, for the Astros in this lengthened out series. Yeah, well, I, th- I think exactly what you're saying is is where the rubber is going to meet the road. We've talked about whether you play with a chip on your shoulder or not, and the Astros lineup is you know on fire right now with a lot of confidence. But I, I've you know I talk ad nauseum about pitching and defense as people love pitching and defense, right? One, nothing games. They love that. Um, the fans just kidding, but the, but that's where, that's where this is going to come down to. And I think the only advantage the Astros have is that maybe uh, teams are going to kind of underestimate them. Um, but I don't think that happens at this level of, you know, at, at this time of year, like, I don't think the Rays are going to come in and think, Oh yeah, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. And they didn't, they didn't have a good year. They came into the playoffs, you know, under 500, it just, it's not going to happen. And so I think that's where the series will be decided. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't have any skin in the game necessarily like you guys do. So just sitting there on my couch watching it, I mean, the Rays have to be the favorites watching those guys that they, they just brought out of the bullpen. I mean, and as you said, that statistics, fantastic 53% of the innings thrown by the bullpen. Well, look who has the advantage there. Yeah, and you know what, TK, I tell I tell Tuttle this all the time, man, how frustrated I, I am watching the Astros play as well as they have been because <laughs> you and I got to call 60 games and we, we knew it was in them, but we didn't see it throughout the regular season. Are you as surprised as I am? Because we talked about it. Is there an actual switch that they can turn on? And it really looks like the Astros have. Have you been shocked at all that they've been able to flip that switch in the playoffs against tougher competition? It's been surprising, Blummer, no doubt. And we saw a little glimpse of it with that first game in Texas. And we're like, oh, here we go. This could be the series where they finally get things rolling. And then it kind of went the wrong way the rest of that series. Um, there were good individual signs here and there that last yeah. series where you're like, all right, Correa hit one out that last game. That was a good sign. Bregman hit a couple of home runs. It looked like he was starting to get the bat going. Altuve was the one guy who didn't show much going into the playoffs. It's kind of uh, turned things around. But yeah, there were some certain signs that if you really look, there were little signs that maybe things were picking up, but never 
everybody at once like it's happened in the postseason. So that's been the, the huge surprise for me. And yeah, I'm a little jealous that we didn't get to call this Astros often for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way. So offensive numbers uh, coming into this game, would either of you be surprised who, if I asked you who you thought out homered each other in this ALCS so far in the postseason, would you guys be shocked to know that the Tampa Bay Rays have hit one more home run than the Houston Astros? In, in the last series? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, or, all, it's, all over, yeah. I think all over in the postseason, it's okay. 14 home runs for the Tampa Bay Rays and 13 for the Houston Astros. Even after that Williamsport exhibition we saw <laughs> between the between the Astros and the A's, man. I'm a little surprised, but then again, they pummeled the Blue Jays at their place, and then they played the one extra game against the Yankees. They went to five, and the Astros only went to four. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, even though the Astros hit all those home runs at Dodger Stadium, uh, the Rays did their share at Petco Park, too. That, that scares me a little bit because I would have guessed the A's actually had the most home runs. <laughs> even watching the Astros-A's series, it was like every time you look at so their runs, runs, they were almost, everywhere. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, all or nothing, which we've seen from their lineup before. But, yeah, I would have guessed the A's. So I think that also, that's a great statistic you bring out because that, you know, I mean, the, the tape, it's just, you know, it's leaning towards the Rays as we talk, oh. right? More home runs, more, you know. But, surprising. again, Let's underestimate the Astros. Let's see how how well they do let be, being underestimated. And that might be a fun part. Well, well, TK and I know this after covering the Astros for a good four years now and seeing how they go out there and they slug and they don't strike out. And it's kind of funny for me to read, you know, the Wall Street Journal and some of these national publications that are going, oh, my gosh, the Astros don't strike out. That could be a huge issue. But uh, throughout the course of the postseason, the Astros have only struck out 41 times. The Yankees led the way at 72. And then right behind them were the uh, Tampa Bay Rays is striking out 69 times. Now, the Astros pitching staff is not a swing and miss type team for me personally. So I think that they're going to be able to grind out some at bats. But TK, how do you feel about the Astros offense against this Tampa Bay uh, pitching staff that can go out and get swings and misses, but the Astros do not swing and miss? They control the zone very well, and they hit mistakes. Yeah, that's going to be the big equalizer. And I think that is one of the differences is the, the two offenses. One team strikes out the Rays, the other team doesn't in the Astros. And, and it's not by a mistake. I mean, they got Michael Brantley because he puts the ball in play with damage. They got Josh Reddick, same thing. Yuli Gurriel is one of the best basketball guys, even though he's been struggling uh, lately. So, yeah. Uh, Springer will strike out on occasion at the top of the order and Maldonado will strike out on occasion at the bottom of the order. But for the most part, these guys put the ball in play and they, and they make you make plays defensively. So um, I, I think what I saw with the offense in Oakland has me excited enough to think that the differences in the two bullpens could be overcome. The Astros aren't going to win, in my opinion, three, two games or, or oh. you know, two, one, four, three, four. It's going to be a, a seven to five. It's going to be an eight to four. You're going to have to outslug the Tampa Bay Rays to win this series. I don't see low scoring games, I think, benefit the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. All right, TK, there's a guy you mentioned earlier, a Rose Arena, if I have said that appropriately. Can, do you know enough about him to explain why he is so damn good? Because he absolutely lit up against the New York Yankees, man. Crazy. This guy came over from the Cardinals as the second piece to the puzzle, and he ended up having a huge uh postseason so far randy arosarena he actually is good friends with yuli guriel he calls yuli during the season and gets advice and uh he's one of those guys who kind of came out of nowhere he's not big but he swings from his heels and he is dangerous well it's yeah, funny that you bring up watch 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say you bring oh. up a Rosarena and, you know, we're talking about Brousseau and what he did, but a Rosarena, we were this close to being talking about him. I mean, he just missed that pitch on the Cole, the inning before. And he, <laughs> I mean, you know, they were giving him a hard time for having a bat flip on a ball, but he just missed that pitch. And, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know much about his baseball playing ability, but they did show their celebration after <laughs> and he had a dance off. And I thought that was fantastic. If nobody's seen that, then, uh, you know, you got to check out his dance skills as well. No, no they're incredibly good. against Brett Phillips. That's pretty good. That yeah. so funny. Well, Brett man. Phillips is an ex-Astro guy. We knew he was entertaining to begin with. And I was actually going to bring up the fact that, you know, we always talk about the team chemistry of the Houston Astros and how well they play together. And obviously the experience in the postseason, I really think is driving them this offseason or this postseason. But dude, the more I watch the Tampa Bay Rays and the more I see them play together, the more I kind of get concerned because a team that parties that well together usually plays pretty well together, TK. Yeah, I, I think the culture stayed the same from when I was there, Blummer, and we've talked yep. about this. It's a pretty loose culture. Uh, the flights, <laughs> there's no separation between front office guys, coaches, players, broadcasters, trainers, uh, PR guys. It all blends together. Uh, you you know, I used to be in the poker games in the front with the coaches, and, uh, you know, Longoria would come up there and, you know, other guys would come up there. So it's just one of those things where everybody's on the same page and it, it's kind of cool. And it, it's something that you don't see with a lot of teams where everybody's treated equally. And I think it's a, it's one of the reasons why they are who they are because there is a, there's no guys that are, that are, you know, up here and looking down, everybody's pulling on the same side of the rope and pulling it equally together. All right. We are crunched for time. We gave you a ton of information in a short <laughs> amount of time. We are very happy to have TK on. But right now, I'm going to ask you guys predictions and thoughts on this series. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to nail you guys down. I'm going to say, who is it going to be in how many games? And give me some reasons why. Tuttle, give me your reasons why. Who's going to win and how long or how many games or and what it's going to take? What do you got? Yeah, you know, it's funny hanging out with you enough. You know, I, I would like to see the Astros offense uh, pull it out. But, um, you know, I just my 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 pitching and defense brain just goes back to the Rays. Yeah, I got to say the Rays in six games um, and mainly because they got five dudes that come out throwing 100. And like you said, the Astros may not strike out a lot, but it's it's just really hard to put solid contact inning after inning after inning on a new pitcher you know, coming in with a little different stuff, but great stuff. So, you know, I got to, I got to say, I think this might be the year for the race to, uh, to make it to the world series and, and maybe finish it out. Um, you know, the Dodgers Rays would be a really good series as they've been the two best teams throughout the year. And, you know, we're, we're just got to ride that wave, I guess, because they've shown the consistency and, and they have the great talent. So I got to say the Rays in six. All right, TK, that puts you on the spot. Pick between your two faves, man. Who Ooh. you got? <laughs> it does put me on the spot. So I'm going to say, you know, if my life was on the line, who do I think is going to win? I would say Tampa Bay is the is the more talented team. But I think there's the way the Astros can win. I think if Fromber and Lance McCullers Jr. pitch well in the first two games, get them out to a, a nice 2 nothing lead. I know they're going to have to mix and match with their PD, not pitching great uh, in that one start in, in Oakland and then, uh, Zach Greinke hasn't quite been Zach Greinke so far the last month or so. I have no idea who goes game five if they keep Christian Javier in the bullpen or they bring him back out to start. So that could be a little troublesome in those middle games. But I think if Robert and Lance can get them out to a good start, you sneak one of those next three games out, and then you're only one win away in game six or seven. I think it's going to be a really good series. I'm a little scared about the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen versus the Astros bullpen. And I think that's why 
if my life was on the line, I think the Rays win. But for the purpose of being an Astros announcer, I'm going to say Astros in seven. Nice. Beautiful. And I think that is going to be a very tough call. I agree with you guys in the sense that these low scoring games are going to be very tough. And I do believe that it really hinges on the first two games. I agree with Framber Valdez. And it's kind of interesting to me, too, because I think it's also going to be a battle of managers between Dusty Baker and Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash can manipulate his lineup to adjust to the pitcher that is on the mound. The Astros cannot. They are just heavy right-handed. And Kevin Cash knows how to work that bullpen and probably has these guys in a little bit better mental shape as far as what they're going to face in the postseason. But Framber Valdez is a guy that's been stretched out. He's been able to pitch six, seven innings, and he's been able to give up five runs and still be able to compete and allow enough time for that offense of the Astros to get out there and score some more runs. But that is how it's going to be. I, I, you know, the seven to five games, the nine to nine to seven games are probably going to be the wins for the Astros. And I actually believe that they've got to win quick. If they don't win quick and this this series gets lengthened out, I think it um, suppresses some of that uh, some of that uh, bullpen and it exposes maybe some of those guys in between that we haven't seen in the postseason yet. So. Uh, if it goes quick, I'm saying Astros in five. And if it goes longer, I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. But of course, TK and I have uh, obligations to uh, our families and friends and employers to say the Astros. So I'm going to say Astros in five. But if it gets past that game five, I really think it pushes back towards the uh, Tampa Bay Rays because they can grind out some at bats. TK, it's been a blast. I know you're busy, dude. Always appreciate the time, and I cannot wait to see you on the golf course again soon. Be well, my friend. Thank you again. <laughs> I am Tidalist. ready. Tuttle, yeah, good to see you again, man. Uh, it's been a little while, but thanks for having me, guys. Seven games in seven days. It's going to go fast. Yes, it is, man. It's going to be really quick. And again, we want everybody to know that uh, World's Strongest Man CBD is sponsoring this podcast. And until October 15th, you can save 20% on your first purchase by going to WSMCBD.com. Tuttle, always good being in the bleachers with you, man. And be well, dude. Same to you guys. Take care. Be well. Believe it. Yep. Get after it and believe it.